Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am officially hiding in my room to record this because everyone is everywhere, but we're making it work and that is what's most important. So I'm going to talk about a few things that you wanted me to discuss. The first thing is feeling separation anxiety from your partner right now. That I think what people mean by that is like when, you know, when you're quarantined with someone, you're spending all of your time with them. So then like when they leave to, I don't know, go grocery shopping or go to their parents for a night, you feel this sense of loss. Um, And I think it is kind of codependent, but this is a specific scenario in which case like you wouldn't normally be codependent in real, real life. But because we're, we're working from home and we're not doing anything and you're spending all your time with that one person, when they leave, it is like crippling and it's so weird. And I haven't really fully experienced it because I've been lucky that, you know, I'm with my family. So if my partner goes to his parents for like Father's Day or, you know, something like that, I'm okay because I'm surrounded by everyone. But I still do feel that loss. Like I still do feel like, oh, this is so weird. Um, It's just odd not being with this person when you're like, you know, you fall asleep with them every night. I think more than usual because you're spending every minute together. So I think that is pretty normal for the most part. Another thing I really wanted to talk about is we did this poll on Instagram about like, I think it was something like your partner, you know, calls you an eight, like an eight out of 10. You know how they do those stupid ratings. And it's like, should you be offended or should you be flattered? And I think most people said offended. I have to double check, but definitely offended. I mean, first of all, no one should be rating anyone. Like I remember the last time someone rated me was like college or at least someone I'm dating that I knew about. And I was like, that's a fucking joke. Um, So no one should be doing that unless they're like very immature. But secondly, you should always think of your partner as a 10. I'm sorry. There is no excuse about that. Like why in the world would you not consider your partner to be a 10? Why would you want to be with someone that you don't consider a 10? And I don't mean like just looks, you know, who cares about that stuff? But like, you should think that they're a 10 of a person, you know, like you should think that you have this person that's so cool. That's so awesome. Like that's personality is a 10 that you're attracted to in a 10. Like everything about them should be a 10 to you. Like I would never be with 
my partner if I didn't think that he was a 10. And I think maybe I had struggled with that in the past. Like, you know, oh, well, they're a 10 in this way or they're a 10 in another way. And, but they're not a 10 in, in, you know, you know what I'm saying. But I think, I mean, at least for me and, and I feel really lucky to feel this way, but I think my partner's a 10 in every way. Like I truly believe that. And I think you need to have that like desirability for your partner. Like if you don't feel like your partner's a 10 or, you know, at least a 10 to you, not a 10 by like the world standards, then I can only imagine the relationship is not going to be good because you're going to have contempt for that person. And contempt is like a relationship killer. Someone asked, do you listen to other podcasts? I do. Right now I am binging Imagined Life. And I've talked about it before, but it's a podcast that tells you about someone else's life. And it tells you all the details and it's very descriptive and can be, um, you know, dark at times. But generally, like, it's good people and and big public, public figures, names that you would know. And then by the end, it tells you who the person is. But as it goes, you can guess and they like do have some clues along the way. It's so amazing. Um, I don't want to reveal like who any of them are. But if you're going to start Imagined Life, I would start on the episode called The Bride. And um, please DM me and let me know what you think because I am just obsessed. And also, I think that episode's in season one. Um, So yes, you should definitely listen to that. Acclimating back to normal dating life. Well, you know, I know that people are doing that and I know that restaurants are open. So it's technically um, normal to go out to a restaurant now if that's something that you're comfortable with. So I would say uh, when you are acclimating and going back, um, I wouldn't hug because like you're not even I mean, at least I'm not even hugging my friends when I see them. So I wouldn't hug just like be careful, you know, keep your distance and take this as an opportunity to like have good banter with someone, you know, always have a mask when you go on a date. You don't want to seem irresponsible. You don't want to be irresponsible by not having one. And, you know, I think, I mean, you can listen, like if you have been talking to this person for a while and there's a strong connection and you both are sure that you're not having any symptoms of any kind, I, I guess you can kiss. I mean, I'm not Dr. Fauci, but like I'm assuming that you, you know, we can't just ban kissing forever now. You know, if if you're having a good time, kiss them. I think it should be, you know, getting back to normal, but being really safe. And that's it. If you're a perfectionist like me, when you're done editing, it's still not perfect. And then you need to format and reformat for every single platform that it's going on. But with Issue, you literally just make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. So if you're a creative person and you're listening to this right now, uh, Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications. So brochures, magazines, anything like that. I mean, I always talk about how you should have a passion project in quarantine. This is it. Again, like you just create it once and it distributes and you can distribute it everywhere from Issues website. It's used by millions of people to discover new content also. So even if you, you know, reach a couple readers now, you're going to reach like double that when you use Issue. And I really think that 
You should try it. Get your passions in order and use issue to help. And by the way, it's free to get started. So all you have to do is go to issuu.info slash Acme. You can sign up for your free account, check it out, you know, check out the basics and try to create something small. Like I always say, you know, start small and see how it goes. And then you can always make something bigger. You know, if you are thinking about creating a magazine or creating like a brochure for something you're, you know, working on now as one of your projects, do one and then like do one page and then do more, you know, once you get the hang of it. You just have to go to issue issuu.info slash Acme to sign up. Let them know that you heard about it from our show because we love issue. They're a supporter. Um, just go to you know, remember, by the way, it's dot info, not dot com. So if you want this free account, you have to go to issuu.info slash Acme. And all these promo codes are on my website for com. So check it out if you miss that. Hi there. I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, the largest online career resource built inclusively for women. I also have the privilege of hosting our new podcast, The Females. We're here to help with real talk career advice from CEOs, authors, creatives, and other experts to give you real strategies for building a successful career all on your own terms. Each episode of The Females is sure to not only inspire, but also to motivate you to take action and move your career forward. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes and follow along on careercontessa.com. Splitting the bill on the first date or the first few dates. I don't want them to think I'm in it for a free meal. Well, that's why you should always offer. Um, you should always offer. This is coming from a woman. You should definitely always offer. But I mean, you don't have to... If they think that you're in it for a free meal, like that's on them. Um, and that's their insecurity. And also like, who does that? I, I don't think you have to worry about that. How to balance being on your red flag guard versus enjoying the feeling of falling in love. Honestly, depending on your age, just enjoy the feeling. Like you don't really have to be on your red flag guard that much until you are at a place in your life where you really want to settle down and you really don't want to fuck around. But I don't think that I'd be able to get to where I am now in my relationship if I didn't just enjoy my past and like enjoy, you know, um, those feelings and not think about red flags. And I mean, listen, like nobody's perfect. And I don't, I don't know. You just need to enjoy that feeling of falling in love. Like you will see the red flags. Um, but it's a really amazing feeling. And once it goes away, the red flags will be clear. So I wouldn't worry too much about, trying to see the red flags in the beginning because they will always come to light. They really will. How are couples splitting bills when they move in together or get engaged slash married? I would say moving in together, if you can afford it, you split the rent down the middle. And, you know, depending on... We have so many episodes about this. I would just listen to Financially Naked with Shannon and dating etiquette with with Mika because we talk about all that stuff. So I don't want to waste your time breaking up with a boyfriend during lockdown and going back to an old hookup. Oh, I mean, kudos to you for breaking up with someone that didn't serve you. But going back to an old hookup, it's like, oh, I mean, I guess if you want to just like get it in, um, but don't have any expectations for that old hookup. Like, really? 
Etiquette for spending long periods of time with significant other's family, like weeks on end. Um, I mean, just be polite. Like you kind of have to be on your A game all the time. You got to be doing the dishes. You got to be helping out. You can't get lazy. You should contribute, you know, go grocery shopping, (laughs) go grocery shopping every now and then. Um, Just don't get too comfortable because, I mean, depending on how long you've been dating the person, but even if, even if you've been dating them three years, like it's still really nice to, you know, help out around your significant other's house and family. It's so funny. My boyfriend and I, we've been going back and forth between his parents and my parents. And I said to him the other day, I'm like, you thrive with my parents and I thrive with your parents. And it's because like when I'm with his parents, like I'm on my A game, like I'm trying to help out all the time and trying to like be, you know, useful and and whatnot. And when he is with my parents, he's like the hero. He's like, what can I fix? What can I do? Blah, blah, blah. But when we're with our own parents, we're like, oh, you know, we don't have to do that. And so it's funny. I mean, I wish it wasn't like that. We should probably be helping with our own parents as well. How to grow your confidence. You are so confident to just your ways. Oh, that's very sweet. I also just realized I'm going way over time. Um, I feel like when I work on myself, like I'm, you know, working out or trying to go on walks or like being healthy, I feel like my confidence in a lot of ways comes from that and just like being you know, good to myself. And then I also feel like, and I've said this so many times, it's probably a broken record at this point, but self-esteem comes from esteemable acts. So if you do things that are service related, that let's say you, you know, donate to charities, you help out the homeless, like you are always there for your friends when they have a problem, you go above and beyond to celebrate your friends' anniversaries, you um, are always there for, you know, like these like good things that you do. That's what gives me confidence, at least. Like if I know that I'm showing up for the people in my life, I'm confident. And when I fuck that up, like I am in low confidence. And, And so I feel like that's something that you should really, you know, if you're not feeling confident, just be there for others, show up for others. And um, it all kind of comes from that. Like it really does, I think. And um, I'm going to answer one more because I'm really going over here. Talking about masturbating with with a partner and with friends, how open should one be? As open as you can be. I feel like the best friendships that I have are the ones where we talk about masturbating um, and the best relationships as well. There's no shame. Like if you're apart, it's so okay to talk about like, oh yeah, like I masturbated last night. Oh, like what, what, you know, what'd you watch? Oh, I watched this like one porn video. I feel like you would like it. Let me send it to you. You know, like just be open. I, I don't feel like there should be anything held back in a good relationship. And like the best friendships are when, you know, people can be open about that stuff. Um, okay. Can you speak more about past relationships and when you realize they weren't the one? Um, I think like when you are hesitant about someone, like you, um, you know, you, you're trying to convince yourself or kind of self-betrayal, which I post about a lot, like you're betraying things that you need and want. And like that word non-negotiables for you, 
because you, you know, want things to want to keep the peace in your relationship, things like that. Like when you're compromising a little too much, when you are accepting things in your life that like could be better, like, oh, well, like they're not great with my parents, but like, that's okay. Cause they're great with me. It's like, you are starting to lie to yourself and you should, you just can't settle. Don't settle when you, when you can have it all. I'm telling you, do not do it. Um, even if you have to wait till you're 29, 30, do not settle. Trust me, you'll regret it later. And um, now I'm really excited to play our episode with Cameron. She's awesome. And she has a really cool account that you should follow on the gram. And um, that's all I got. And stay tuned for our week after this episode with Ariel Laurie, where she talks about age difference in dating. And um, I know you guys really wanted me to talk about that. So Ariel will be covering it. Okay, enjoy. If you don't already know about Function of Beauty, I am so excited to tell you about it. Function of Beauty is the best product that I have used in years. My hair is thin and it's just not usually something that I'm proud of. But Function of Beauty has made me insanely proud to have the hair that I have because they've enhanced it in so many ways. All that you have to do is go to their website and use obviously our discount functionofbeauty.com slash acme and you take a four-part hair profile quiz, which is super easy, super simple. And then after you have done that, you can design this like amazing shampoo and conditioner bottle that's all to your liking. Like you choose the color, you choose the scent, you can have your name on it, which is so cool. And um their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. No sulfates. I refuse to use shampoo or conditioner with sulfates and they've got none. So you really should check it out. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order by going to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. You'll get 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show because we love Function of Beauty. They support us and... um I want you to support them as well. Functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. 20% off your first order. Check it out. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Cameron Rogers, the voice behind Freckled Foodie. Hey Cameron. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here as an avid listener. Thanks for coming on. I have to tell you, you're the first person I know with your first name. Really? That makes me so happy. It's definitely special. I think. It is. I was very, um, I don't know if self-conscious is the word of it because I don't think I was, but as a kid, I used to get made fun of a lot because it was a boy's name. And the only person at that time who was a female with the name was Cameron Diaz. And so I like looked to her, but then I, I kind of was Cammy like most of my life. But when I mm-hmm. started this specifically. I wanted to transition to Cameron after college and no one would take me seriously. All my friends were like, you can't just change your name. But it is my name. So when I started this as my job, I kind of rebranded myself, quote unquote, as Cameron. I love that. I Also, I mean, I'm about to ask you, but I already know the answer. Um, Can you tell our listeners your sign? Yes, I'm a Virgo. And everyone says... So guess who else is? You. Cameron Diaz. Oh my God, no way. Really? How do you know that? I swear, because I know every celebrity Zodiac sign. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's so cool. And when she was dating Justin Timberlake, I am like 
Justin Timberlake is my diehard, like, end all be all. I went to every tour he's ever been on. I was obsessed with him as a kid. And so when they were dating, I was like, oh my gosh, it must be the name. That's hilarious. I mean, obviously it was the name, but it's so obviously funny that you bring up Justin Timberlake because I just started following this like hilarious kind of like gossip um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I found out all this really dark shit about Justin Timberlake. Like he's a huge cheater, apparently. Well, yeah, there was like a lot of stuff. I think that there was a scandal that came out recently where he, I don't know the details. I'm so bad at celebrity gossip. I don't know anyone's name. But at one point he was like holding hands with this girl on a balcony. Apparently like before, way before that though, he was doing some shady shit. Well, that really hurts. No, that that hurts my child childhood heart a lot. Um, It hurts mine as well. But enough about Justin. Let's hear more about you. So how old are you and where are you from? I am 28. I just had to think for a second how old I was because I never remember. (laughs) Um, I'm 28 right now. I'm originally, I was born in New York. I lived there until I was three. So I have no memories of that. And then I grew up in Jersey. So I'm from New Jersey. I lived there most of my entire life. And then I've been living in Manhattan for the past seven years now. Wow. Yeah. Love seven which, years. Which which part of Jersey? Princeton. Cool. So like five cool. minutes from the university. Love it. And what is your current relationship status? I am married as of a year and a half ago, a little bit more. Yeah. October 13th, 2018. Yes. Yeah, so I'm married. How does that feel saying it? Like, does it ever feel weird still? But I know it's been like over a year. You know, it's really, it's interesting because I've, so I've been with my now husband for 13 years. We started dating in high school and I hated the word fiance. Like it drove me crazy. I feel like it's such a like cringy, weird, bougie word. And so I really despised introducing him as my fiance and I couldn't wait until I could finally say husband. So then when we got married, it was like, I would say to anyone that was listening, I'm like, oh, this is my husband. Have you met my husband? Do you know about my husband? Which was probably so annoying. Um, (laughs) But I was just so excited to finally be able to say that because when we were engaged, I was like, oh, this is Joe. I, I really hated saying fiance. I guess I never really say I'm married because no one's really asking me that, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah. I'm saying it's my husband or people see I have a wedding ring on, but yeah, it's so it's fun for me. I love it. I don't know. It untapped a new layer of love, which everyone always asks, oh, is it, how is it being married? And it's a pretty annoying question. Everyone asks right after you get married. And realistically, everything's the same, but I do feel like it untaps this kind of new appreciation and love. At least we felt it did. Yeah. I, I want to unpack like your entire relationship, of course. especially because especially you've been together for 13 years. Yeah. But just like on the subject of marriage, do you have any friends? I mean, you're, you're only 28, which is like mm-hmm. pretty young um, yeah. for to be married as a millennial. Do you have any friends that are also married or are you kind of like the Lone Ranger? Definitely not the Lone Ranger. I would say of my girlfriends, one of my or two of my very close friends are married. I was the first in my group of like college, actually three of my good girlfriends are married. I was the first in my group of college girlfriends to get married. But then right after we got married, it was kind of like this domino effect of engagements. Mm. Um, And of like Joe's friends, he was technically 
a grade above me until, and I can do this when we unpack our relationship, but he transferred to my high school. So he did five years and his brother is three years older than him. And so they shared a group of friends. So his guy friends are a little bit older. And so all of his guy friends are starting to get married or are married. And then when we hang out with them, I'm close with their wives. So I definitely feel like majority of my friends are actually either married or engaged. I have a ton of engaged friends right now that are figuring out what the hell to do with everything going on. Right. And just going backwards to your relationship. Mm -hmm. So Joe is your husband. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) How, when is his birthday? His birthday is January 8th. And I always forget what his horoscope is. He's a Capricorn. Okay. Yes. That Virgos and Capricorns (laughs) are great together. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to hear that. So I have to know, like, you know, a lot of like you're one of the I would say one of the exceptions, right? Like most people Mm -hmm. for our age, our generation, they don't meet their partner that early on in life. Absolutely. And if they do, like it doesn't always you don't always grow in the same direction. Definitely. How did it go with Joe in the beginning? And how did you kind of make sure that you both grew as you got older and became who you are now? Mm -hmm. So I will say first and foremost, I am a child of high school sweethearts, which I think I have a theory that they breed high school sweethearts. I don't know if it's just more that I thought it was feasible. And so therefore we worked extra hard on our relationship to like maintain it. Um, I don't know. I do just have a, an interesting theory on that, but we started dating in high school and you know, it was like any normal high school relationship. Like we were head over heels, like, you know, it's puppy love junior and senior year of high school. Um, we actually had gone mm-hmm. to elementary school together and we're in like speech class together. Cause we both had, um, speech impediments for our R's. I can never say that sentence. And <laughs> I still struggle with mine clearly, but he was a grade above me. And like, at that time you don't really like socialize with boys in grades or above you when you're in like second grade. So Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Any boys. Um, So he ended up transferring to our high school, the private high school in our town. He came from the public high school and we just had never like met really interestingly enough before that. So when he came to PDS, we like started hanging out and I definitely had a crush on him. He would say he had a crush on me too, but I didn't know like if we were going to, if it was going to turn into anything, whatever. So we were kind of like quote unquote friends and my mom was always like, this is ridiculous. This guy's not your friend. He's always at our house. I'm like, no, we really are just friends. Finally, he made the move. Um, and then we like hooked up for, I don't know, like a few months. And then I finally was like, are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend? Like, what is the deal here? And then he did. So we started dating technically in November. And then honestly, when we went to college, I went to Lafayette in Pennsylvania. He went to Grinnell, which is a small school in Iowa. Mm. And so it was far. So we both went off to college being like, we want to stay together. I love you so much. I can't imagine not being with you, which I think a lot of couples do. So at that point, I think it was still like pretty standard. I had friends that were doing the same thing. I feel like freshman year, so many people go into college with high school boyfriends. And then the first semester, it's like everyone breaks up. Yeah. I think what really allowed us to stay together throughout college and helped us was a few things. We both played sports. I played lacrosse and he was playing basketball. And we were so busy that I didn't have time to miss him. And I mean that in like the kindest way. Obviously I missed him, but I wasn't sitting around my dorm being like, I'm so bored. I wonder what Joe's doing. I was going to class. I was going to practice. And then I was partying. And 
that was it. And he was the same way. And because we were so far away, there was never any sense of like, are you going to come visit me? Why haven't you visited me? Oh my gosh. You know, we didn't have the choice. We had sports during the weekends. It's not like it was a two hour drive. You had to commit to a flight. And so we, there was no option to visit each other other than like when I was on fall break and he was on spring break, we would see each other. And I think because of that, we talk about it now, obviously it was hard. We'd go like a whole semester and see each other once, but it kind of saved us because there was no pressure whatsoever to ever miss out on our college lives to visit the other person because it wasn't an option. And also we are so independent and like, he's a party boy. I always joke, but like, I would never want him to not be partying because he had a girlfriend and he felt the same way about me. So I was never like, why aren't you home FaceTiming me or like texting him? Where are you? We would text each other like, okay, we're going out. If we both get home drunk at the same hour, we can FaceTime. If not, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And like, I hated when people asked me, oh my God, don't you feel like you missed out on your college experience? And I'm like, no, I feel like I got more of my college experience than some of my friends because I wasn't worried about any of these. And you have like emotional support. Uh, And like, yeah, I wasn't concerned of the drama. I was going out. I was so independent. I was always able to do whatever I wanted. There was nothing like holding me back on that front. And I I don't know, I had had so much fun. Um, We did go on two separate breaks. So we can obviously talk about that also. But... I feel like the trust and constant communication in our relationship allowed us to like get through that. And then when we moved, both moved into New York post-college, obviously there were some like rough points because we were kind of like getting back together. But, you know, that happens in every relationship. And I think the reason that we've been able to grow separately because we both have grown a ton individually is that like, we are so supportive of each other. He's like my number one cheerleader when it comes to anything freckled foodie. And I want like only the best for him and we're very independent, but we have so much fun together. So it's like, I want my girls nights. He wants all of his guys nights, but I also love our date nights. And, you know, we live independent lives, but also make sure that we make time for each other. Yeah. Going back to like when you went to college and like you didn't put pressure on one another. Like it's so funny because Mm -hmm. I like, as I briefly mentioned, like I went to, I went to college with a high school sweetheart and like, it's just, it's so funny because you see like it could have gone this way, but like it went this way. And and I, and I truly believe everything happens for a reason. I don't think he was like supposed to be my person. I agree. But, um, we had the, we had the problem that you didn't have, which was that our schools were an hour, maybe an hour, 15 minutes from each other. So it was so stressful because I was like, if he's not visiting me, like he's doing this, you know, he he had his car. So like he was always like, he had like the pressure to visit me as opposed to me visiting him. Mm -hmm. Then it became like, he didn't ever want me to go visit him. He always wanted to come visit me. And I was like, are you hiding something at school? Like, does no one know about me so So much? much. And I was like, (laughs) I also like, don't want you to go out and have fun because like, I just wasn't, like I wasn't there, you know? Yeah. I oh, It's it's really interesting because there's so much guilt. It's like, well, should I be visiting instead of going out? Or like, and then there's fear. Why aren't you visiting right. me more? And then there's also like, you're the person that's always at someone else's right. school. So it's like, no one ever knows that you're a significant other as an individual. It's just always, oh, his high school girlfriend's here. Exactly. And it's like, 
this anxiety of like, does anyone even know he has a girlfriend? Yes. Like, it's just oh like, it's, God, it's yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like triggered and going back and like spiraling. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the breaks that you went on. Like, yeah. why did those happen? Who initiated them? And mm -hmm. how do you not like, how do you come back from that without any resentments? So going into it, everyone was always like, oh, if you're going to stay together in, in college, you have to go on breaks. Like you just, you know, it's something you have to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that's like such a thing that everyone's fed. Yeah. So sophomore spring, we were like, okay, we were in such a great place. I vividly remember this moment, like, like it was yesterday. He only had like five days for winter break because he was in season for basketball. So he was back at school. I was home. We were on like amazing terms and we were just talking like, okay, so if we were to go on a break, what would it look like? And like, when would we do it? And then suddenly by the end of the FaceTime, we were like, I guess it kind of makes sense to do it now where we're in a good place. It's not, there are no ill feelings. Like, you know, we didn't want to go into it like with any resentment or hate. And I don't know, looking back, we were such children when I think back to it. I mean, we were children. I was what, 19 at the time. Right. Um, so we were like, we'll still talk, but we'll be on a quote unquote break. Obviously there were like kind of some rules and regulations set in place. That one, when we got home for the summer was like pretty easy to just get right back into it because we had been like, of course, we're just going to get back together. It was like so mutually decided on like, we're going on a break, the terms, and we'll get back together. And like, that's that. Right. The, obviously there was like some, you know, there's always some ickiness getting back together. Cause it's like, do you talk about what happened when you were on a break? Do you want to know? Do you not want to know? And then senior year, another moment I vividly remember was more his basketball season had ended. And I should have prefaced by saying, I am like a total open book. Joe is a way more private person than me. Mm. So I'm sharing what I feel comfortable sharing. That's more of my story than his. But senior year, his basketball season had ended. And for college athletes, and I can say this for Joe and I and my friends, I don't want to like generalize all of us, right. but our seasons ending were like more monumental than graduating from college. It was more of a moment of like, holy what shit, I never... What again? I played lacrosse. Mm -hmm. So like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to play a sport this intensely again. You know, obviously if you're not going to be a pro athlete, which right. neither of us were. So when his season ended, I think it really hit him of like, wow, we're about to graduate college. We're about to move into the same city. Then we'll get engaged. Then we'll get married. And it all just like came on at once. So he, I have so much respect for him for doing this, called me and was like, I'm kind of having this like, what the hell is happening moment. I feel like maybe we should take a break for senior spring and just like, do her own thing. And I was kind of like, I'm not going to say no. And then like have him resent me or regret this. And like, if I said no, I feel like I would still have these feelings at the end of the night of like, what's he do? Like, does he hate me? Is he kind of like pissed off or is he God forbid, like just ignoring my no and like going off and doing whatever, um, which I don't think he would yeah. do, but still. So I was like, you know what? I don't necessarily feel like I need this, but I respect your opinion and the fact that you were so open with me. And so we can do that. And so that one was more, way more like his decision. And it definitely got a, like, that one was more of a bounce back for us post-college because I think I also had those emotions when my season ended of like, holy fucking shit, what? And like, then I was just like, a mess of emotions of like 
college is about to end. I was so depressed about the concept of college ending. Like I was not in a good place when I moved home for a month before my job started. I was so anxious and it's something I struggle with anxiety, but that month post-graduation pre-starting in the corporate world was like one of the most anxious months of my life. And, you know, we had to work through a lot when we both got home to Princeton before we moved into New York. And that one wasn't a necessarily like, we're definitely getting back together. So we worked through some hard shit. But I think that in the end, we look back and we're like that break, quote unquote, and like getting back together after it was what changed this from like puppy love to I want to marry you love. Because I don't think we'd ever been challenged before that. In high school, it's Mm. so easy. Like it really is. And if you like think about it. Yeah. And also like it just goes to show like if you really love someone like you'd kind of it's cheesy, but like you do have to set them free and see if they come back on their own. Totally. Like, yes, that's why, you know, I hear these stories of people who've been together since kindergarten, like nonstop. And I'm like, your relationship is awesome. But has it ever really been tested? You know, and like, yeah. And I think there are ways to test relationships in many different ways. And I think this was what really tested ours. Obviously, there have been tests since then. um, But that was the first real one where when we actively decided to get back together and we worked through our shit, I was like, oh my God, I can curse on here, right? Yeah, duh. Okay. I wanted to make sure. Um, (laughs) I was like, holy fuck, I need to marry him. Right. And that was when I was really convinced. I always said when I was 16, my best friend said it at our wedding, they were like, it's really amazing to see your best friend marry the man that she told you she was going to when she was 16 years old. And I always said that, but I didn't really know. And then when we got back together post-college, that's when I knew for sure that he was the one. I love it. So I want to ask you about um, kind of like a mix of of what you mentioned briefly, you have anxiety. And then yeah, of course. you posted something on Instagram recently that I really resonated with. And then I want to throw some poll questions at you. Oh, yeah. Um, But you you mentioned, um, I think you put up a post. I forget the exact language, but I'm sure you remember it. And it was just of like a picture of you from like not the most flattering angle. Yeah. And like, you know, you you said something about like roles and like loving Mm -hmm. yourself. And like I I actually took like a similar picture of myself um, the other day. I didn't post it. I got so many DMs of people doing that and it made me so happy. Yeah, but like I just wanted to, I'll I'll pull it up right here, see if I could show it to you. And just like, you know, everyone has that. And like, if you don't have that, like good for you, that's so nice. (laughs) But like- But it's not reality. This is real, you know? And it's like, I saw that and I was like, thank you, thank you. Because you see all of these like influencer types posting their mm-hmm. six packs and like, oh my God, I like, I'm always working out. Like, I love these classes. Like, I look amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm still eating so healthy. And it's like, where's the realness? Like, and just like, what inspired you to post that? Did it have anything to do with anxiety? Was that like, did that relieve you of any? So, they kind of are intertwined, not necessarily in that exact moment, but to walk you back like a little bit to give context of why I post it. I have always been, as I mentioned, when I said I played lacrosse, like I was always an athlete. I never had to think about what I was eating. I never had to think about exercising. I was naturally fit because I was working out all the time through sports. And I've struggled with body image post-college because I like 
gained weight after college, like a senior spring and then after college. And then I was like, oh, I'm responsible for now working out. I don't just show up to practice. I have to pick something to do. And then I got like very into running and eating healthy at the same time. And I was going through all these elimination diets for gut health issues. And that's what sparked my interest in cooking and therefore my account Freckled Foodie. But while I was doing that, it was like, I'm a very... um not addictive. I do have an addictive personality. It's it's honestly like the number one reason why I've never done Coke because I know it's everything I love and I would That's be addicted hilarious. to it. And I just, I'm like, I'm just not going to do it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very, I was in this phase where I became very obsessive over running and what I was eating. And running for me was like, oh, there's a number attached to it. Like I can... I'm big, I'm competitive with myself. So therefore I could attach a number and then the next day I could try to beat it. And so I ended up losing a lot of weight. And I think there was a moment where I never owned a scale like growing up or in college, like I never had one in my room or anything. And I remember being in the locker room at Equinox, Bryant Park and seeing all these women like wagging themselves. And I started to think, is this what like I'm supposed to do? And so next thing I knew I was weighing myself. And then a few weeks later or months, I forget the timeline, but I remember feeling this like sense of gratification as the number was going lower. And that's when I was like, what the fuck is, are you doing? Like what is happening? This is not who you are. So I started to pull back and like, I've worked a lot on that and I've gained weight since then. And I, I love how my body is right now. But with that came some body image struggles in the sense of, you know, people are beautiful. So many people are beautiful. And I struggled in a weird way with like always being told positive affirmations about my looks as a younger person and feeling less of them now. And then being like, have I changed? And I'm so sick of scrolling through Instagram and seeing like everyone's perfect six pack and their perfect fucking life. And I started this whole like unfiltered thing a year and a half ago where I was really initiating the fact that I would start like talking to my camera on my stories. And it was like unfiltered day, the first of every month, I'll show you like an unfiltered look at my day. I won't use any filters, blah, blah, blah. Now I don't use any on my stories ever because I don't think anyone's benefiting from these like perfectly curated lives that we're sharing Mm -hmm. on Instagram. I don't think they're relatable or approachable or attainable. And I just feel like people leave feeling less than. And I know personally, I leave looking at some accounts feeling extremely less than and down on myself and like critiquing shit that isn't wrong with me. And I never want someone to feel that way when they leave my page. And so I'm all about trying to flip the script in your mind. And like the second you hear that bitch in your mind critiquing your body, actually like addressing Mm. her or him, whatever you want to label the person and being like, no, we're not doing that. And now I'm going to say three things out loud about my body that I love. And I literally practice this. I would look in the mirror and be like, I love this. I love that. Like I'm big on self-affirmations and I still will catch myself critiquing myself. I don't think it's really ever a place where you're like only saying these positive things that critiquing voice is always kind of there, but now it's taken a back seat. And so the other day I was working and I'm at my parents' house in Florida while we're recording this and I was in a bathing suit and I had my laptop and I was just like sitting and my stomach was kind of rolled and like laying over the bottom of my laptop. And I looked down and then I was like, just kept working. And I think it took me like five minutes to be like, wow, that was such a different reaction than how I would have reacted 
did last year. I would have critiqued myself. I would have been like, oh my God, what the hell are these roles? Like, what is this? And I'm like, this is normal. This is fucking what everyone has. And so I just took a photo of it and I posted on my story and the response was astounding. So I posted it on my feed and was like, this will either be a huge hit or a really big miss, but I don't care because we should be seeing more of this on Instagram while we're scrolling and not feeling bad about ourselves. Agreed. Love that. Thanks. It's poll question time. Yeah. So we're just going to do a few like rapid fires. Okay. Have you ever looked through a partner's phone? Yes or no? Yes. Have you ever regretted looking through a partner's phone? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I don't think you ever don't regret it. Yeah. Because like, you're, you you're going to find something. something. If yeah. Joe looked through my phone, he would find me like bitching about him when I'm annoyed with him. Of, of course. course. Red flag or deal breaker if they don't get up from the couch when you leave their place for the first time, like they don't walk you out. That might be a deal breaker for me. It's fucked up. First time, yeah. It's not okay. Does it matter who brings up living together first? No. If you accuse your partner of being unfaithful and they say they had an opportunity to cheat on you, but they didn't, is that acceptable? No, what the fuck does an opportunity to cheat on you mean? I feel fuck? like that could like, be anything. Also, like anyone could say that, but they you don't. You could just walk outside and take <laughs> right. an opportunity to cheat on anyone. Is it a red flag if you bring up living together and your partner says no? I don't think that's a red flag because I think we're all in different phases. Like I wanted to move in with Joe a little bit before he wanted to move in with me. And he's right. like, no, I, I want more time living with my guy roommates. And I was like, oh, fine. Totally. Love it. So we usually end our episodes with a quote or piece of advice that you might have for our listeners. Um, I know I should have totally prepped you, oh, but I, I kind of, but I kind of literally like was thinking you. about it when I was listening to a spot. I was listening to an old episode. I'm like, okay, you have to come prepared with a quote. So, but I didn't. Well, that's why it's so fun because you can totally <laughs> think on your toes. I would say something that I really try to promote on my page and my podcast is that no matter the emotion you are feeling, you are not alone, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's no one's famous quote. So it's more of like a piece of advice, I guess. Um, I feel like loneliness is the most isolating and depressing emotion. And if we all were more vulnerable and laid our shit out on a table, we'd realize that everyone's going through the same thing. And I really noticed that like when I said when I shared on my platform that I was starting anti-anxiety medication, it was all of a sudden like everyone in my, everyone came out of the woodworks and was like, oh, I'm on medication too. Right. Um, so like, no, really no matter what, even the deepest, darkest shit you're dealing with, someone else can resonate and you are not alone in those emotions. I totally agree. And that's why it's so great to be able to share it. And you should like, anyone listening should feel comfortable sharing it too. If you have 20 followers or 2000. Definitely. I agree. If we all were more vulnerable, we would connect at a way deeper level. For sure. Where can everyone find you, follow you and listen to your podcast and potentially yeah. our episode? Um, oh, yes. So follow and all of that on Instagram. It's at Freckled Foodie. Um, all of my like website YouTube, TikTok, which is like a new thing I'm venturing into. Um, All of that can be found on my Instagram. And then podcast is Freckled Foodie and Friends. There is an Instagram for that. That's called FF and Friends Pod. And we will also be releasing or I will be releasing an episode with Lindsay on my show. So you should definitely listen to that after this one. 
perfect. And definitely follow Cameron if you don't already, because thank she you. Cooks, she cooks amazing <laughs> shit. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode. <laughs>